Welcome to Ladies Who Love Christ, where we love to encourage you to build intimacy with Christ. We'll bring you insights and teachings to help you grow in your walk with Jesus, ultimately becoming the strong, godly woman you were created to be. Here's Ashley Pope Todorova. Hi, ladies. This is Ashley Pope Todorova with Ladies Who Love Christ Ministries and Ladies Who Love Christ Radio. I am so happy to be here with you today. I'm really, really excited about today's episode. We are going to be diving into what it means to be a compassionate person, to have a compassionate heart, to meet the needs of those around you. Um, And in my studying of compassion, it was incredible um, to learn that it's a form of love. And so today I have a very, very special guest with me, and we are going to dive into what that looks like. But before I do, I want to tell you happy, happy new year from Ladies Who Love Christ Ministries. We are kicking off this new year very strong. We have two projects that we're going to be doing all year long in 2020. We're going to be reading the word together. We're going to be diving into the word of God all year long. And we're doing a project called Project Post-It Love. What is Project Post-It Love? It started because I'm addicted to (laughs) post-its. And I decided what a great idea to just rally our ladies who love Christ all over the world Keep a pack of post-its on you, and everywhere you go, leave words of encouragement, leave scriptures, leave things around that will uplift hearts all over the world. Do you see someone struggling? Do you see someone hurting? That's an opportunity to whip out your post-it, sneak a little note, and join us for Project Post-It Love at Ladies Who Love Christ Ministries. So without further ado, I want to dive into today's message. We are going to talk all about compassion. What is compassion? You know, when I was thinking about this topic, I started thinking of who could I bring in to talk about this this very important issue with, and I decided to ask our pastor at Piedmont Church, Pastor Ike Reichard. He's the senior pastor of Piedmont. He's also the CEO and president of Must Ministries. Um, He's a friend. He is a mentor. He's somebody that I think you're more of a mentor to me than you realize, And I love to just dive into his studies. I go back and watch a lot of the sermons twice, sometimes three times to learn. And so today I wanted to bring Pastor Ike um, in to talk to you about compassion. As the president of Must Ministries, um, I can't think of a more um, compassionate position to be in to execute this on a daily basis in your life. So I want to introduce you to my mentor and my friend, Pastor Ike Reichard of Must Ministries. Well, that's such a kind introduction. Thank Ashley, you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. It means the world. Well, I'm honored to be a part of this, and congratulations on your, thank you. on, on still <laughs> what is a new show yes. uh, that you're doing, and what a great way to be able to communicate the love of Christ and encouragement thank and you. all of those things I think that everybody needs every day. Yep. You're right. I know you know that. That's why you're here. <laughs> I, I, you I are... do. You know, as part of my role at Must is that we help people that are on the margins of life. Uh, We help people that are going through a difficult time. And I think the first step toward becoming a person of compassion is to realize that for the grace of God, there go I. Um, It could be a sickness in your family. It could be a financial reversal in your family. Uh, It could be uh, one of your children suddenly developing a disease that you never thought that your family would ever be involved with. And all of a sudden, your life is turned upside down. And then you mix that with the fact that most people uh, today in our country live paycheck to paycheck. And so all of a sudden, what to us might be an inconvenience of a blown tire 
can wreck another person's budget. And all of a sudden, they find themselves in difficulties. And so, Must Ministries is there, excuse me, as we say, to be able to serve our neighbors in need. Yep, that's amazing. And that's what it's all about. So, you know, when I was doing some research on compassion, I loved that that, um, the definition, the Christian compassion of definition was that it was a form of love. And I thought that is that is amazing. It's a way to step out and to come alongside people who are struggling. And I know that you do that every day in your journey. So I want to talk to you and ask you some questions. Um, the first thing I would like to just talk to you about is share with our audience, share with our listeners and, and the people that are going to be viewing this. Um, what does the word say about compassion in the Christian walk? How important is it to Um, have a compassionate heart and to meet the needs of those around us. Well, we're commanded all through Scripture to be compassionate people. And we're told to care for one another, watch out for one another, pray for one another. And the thing about the word compassion is that compassion is truly taking action. It's an action verb to be compassionate. You can be sympathetic and not do something. Very true. And But if you're empathetic, that means you're going to take action. I always say that, you know, sympathy may look and turn around and walk away, but empathy looks and it comes and stays. And empathy for me is the core of what compassion is all about. And it's taught throughout the scripture, but nowhere to me is it more crystallized than the teachings of Jesus in Luke chapter 10 when he talks about the Good Samaritan. And he begins to weave a story of what it means for someone to fall into a situation that maybe they never thought they would be in. And, um, you know, it took place, the Bible says, on a place called the Jericho Road. And, you know, hardly anything good ever happens on the Jericho Road. It seems like everything bad. And so someone who would have been a contemporary of Jesus could have looked at the story and said, well, that person that he's describing should have never been on the road in the first place. And, you know, we can sit around and we can try to uh, um, assign blame and we can sit around and try to say, well, the person should have planned better. The person may uh, should have done this better or that better. But at some point, it becomes a matter of we live in a broken world. And because we live in a broken world, Jesus said, uh, you're going to have tribulation. He doesn't say you might have tribulation. You could have tribulation. He says, you're going to have tribulation, but here's how you take heart. Remember that I've overcome the world. And so just as Jesus had the power to overcome a broken world because of our relationship with him, we have the power to be able to make a difference in a very broken world. And we can talk more about the Good Samaritan as we go along today. That's that's amazing. Thank you. That's This is exactly why I had him here today. That was, and that I'm was awesome. so honored to be here. That was awesome. So, you know, I wanted to read this, ladies. That was a um, made so much sense. Colossians 3.12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness and patience. And I love that. Clothe yourselves with compassion. There's an opportunity to look around you every single day. You may be in a place where you feel like, what can I do? What can I contribute to this world? There's always something that you can contribute if you prayerfully seek these opportunities to show compassion. So, Pastor Ike, as the CEO and president of Mess Ministries, this is a very well-known ministry here in the Atlanta area. They do a tremendous amount for people. 
Um, what are some of the the needs that you've seen and, and the importance of having compassionate people come alongside you? Well, it's imperative. Uh, you, you can't do it by yourself. And, and if you try to do it by yourself, you're going to be very limited in scope. Yep. And so one of the things you realize right off the bat is that if you're ever going to scale something, you have to have structure. Yep. And the structure for an organization like ours is, of course, having the finances to be able to do it, having the financial margin to be able to meet the needs of people. But then the, the next part of the structure is the volunteers who make it up. And we are a volunteer-driven organization. We, we helped over 33,000 unique individuals last year. Now, that means wow. some of those people came back multiple times for us to be able to help them. But also last year, we had over 17,000 volunteers. So uh, imagine that kind of a ratio. It's pretty staggering. And basically, at MUST, we do four things. Um, One, we shelter people. So we have a homeless shelter that has 72 beds. And uh, so 72 adults, we don't count the children in that number. And generally, every week at our shelter, which is an emergency walk-up shelter. And that's a very special designation. That means that you just walk up. And as long as there is a vacancy there, then you can walk right straight in. You don't have to qualify. You don't have to be from someplace that, you know, gives you a letter or a certificate saying, here's the situation you're in. Yeah. We just accept you to walk through the door. And so we turn away two to 300 people a month. And out of the two to 300 people a month, we turn away 70% are women and children. And see, this, this is something that I want to talk about. I was blessed to go with my husband, Alex, to the variance meeting um, or to the meeting where you guys were able to get that extension to build the shelter. The, and you can talk more about that. Right. I'm excited about that. But I was really astounded when you stood up there and shared the average age of a homeless person in the Atlanta area. And I would like for you guys to hear this. Why don't you share that with us? The women, the children, what's the average age? The average age, uh, and if you were to roll all the demographics into one, it's a 12-year-old girl. That's the average age of a person that's homeless in this country. And that's where people stereotype. And people decide, here. this is what a homeless person looks like. And then when you give them the, the raw statistics on it, for some of them, it's impossible because they go, well, what I see, well, that's the problem. It's not just who you see. It's the people that are invisible to your eyes. Absolutely. They're the ones that are living in their car yep. behind a Walmart. Or they drive in at night. They drive around during the day as much gas as they can have. They might go to a park somewhere. They, they might go to a shopping center somewhere. But then at night, they go into the parking lots of churches, any place that's well lit. In, in order to be able to stay there. And it's an epidemic in our country today. Yes. It's an epidemic in the world. It's only going to get stronger because, you know, Ashley, one of the things that we've seen change at must in the nine years that I've been there is not only has it become more women and children, but now it's multiple generations. Yes. It's not just the mom and the kids, but now it's the grandparents. Because there's 77 million baby boomers that are aging. 10,000 a day turn 65 years old. And for a significant portion of them, they do not have a savings. And so they're going and they're living with their children. Well, then when the children are running into the financial problems that they're hitting, 
then everybody becomes homeless. And the larger the family, the more difficult it is to be able to place them. But that's just one thing that we do at Must. We are going to dive in um, a lot more in the second segment with Pastor Ike, um, President and CEO of Mess Ministries, into this issue. We are talking today about having a heart of compassion. Uh, We'll be back after the break with more information on this and how you can step up and meet the needs of those around you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ladies Who Love Christ. We'll be back with more right after this. We're back. This is Ladies Who Love Christ. Here's Ashley Pope Todorova. Hi, this is Ashley Pope Todorova with Ladies Who Love Christ Radio. I'm so glad to be back here with President and CEO of Mess Ministries. We've been having a great conversation today about having a heart of compassion. What does it mean to be a compassionate person? And so today we're going to dive deeper into how you can meet the needs of those around you, um, what a heart of compassion looks like. And in talking with Pastor Ike of uh, Piedmont Church and also president of Must Ministries, he was sharing with me uh, four things that Must Ministries does. So if you don't mind, go ahead and continue on and share with our audience um, the things that Must Ministries does to help the community and show compassionate hearts. Uh, Thank you for the honor to get to do that, Ashley. Um, We have the shelter, and on any given night, we have 72 beds in a shelter But we do also something called permanent supportive housing. So on any given night, underneath the umbrella of Must Ministries, there's about 300 people that are able to lay um, their heads down on a pillow and get a safe night of rest is the way that we refer to it internally. Um, The other thing we do a lot of is feeding people. And uh, next week, uh, we'll be opening up our 38th food pantry called a Must uh, uh, Pantry that Uh, are in our local public schools. And um, that is huge uh, because you would be staggered at how many children are going to school hungry every day. Uh, Recently, we opened up a pantry at a school in Cobb County called Green Acres Elementary. And the uh, principal there is named Ashley Mize. Her dad just finished uh, 40 years as mayor of uh, Smyrna, Georgia. And Ashley started crying as we were getting ready to cut the ribbon. And she said, let me tell you why I'm so emotional. She said a few weeks ago, she said, I have one of the children that came in as they came into the building that morning. And they said to me, "Uh, Ms. Mize, can you get me something to eat? I'm so hungry. And she said, well, sure, honey. She said, did did you not get to uh, eat breakfast this morning? And the child said to her, no, I, I didn't get to eat breakfast this morning. And I didn't get to eat dinner last night. And Miss Mize said, well, why didn't you get to eat dinner? She said, because it wasn't my turn. Can you imagine as a parent being in a situation where you have to choose which child gets to eat that night? I cannot. And, and again, I know that there's people who go, well, those people, they don't need to have more children. They didn't need to have the children. That they have. You can sit around and try to fix the blame all you want or you can become a compassionate person and go, Exactly. I'm oriented towards solutions, not blame. Exactly. That's the difference between having compassion. Compassion says, I'm not sure how you got the situation where you are, but I'm willing to help extract you from that situation. Exactly. And so in the summer, uh, we also feed um, over 250,000 children summer lunch. That happens over a 10-week period. It's about 7,000 children a day 
And that's a lot of the children that are not eating in school then. And over the summer, they wouldn't. That's correct. And there's other feeding programs that say, well, you can come to the school and we have a USDA program there that will help to feed you. But what if that child can't get to the school? What if that child's in the first grade or the second grade? Right. And transportation, I'm sure, is an issue for a lot of the families. Always an issue. One of the major issues is Mm -hmm. transportation. Uh, Then we have, uh, at the homeless shelter, we have a kitchen. Um, A soup kitchen would be the nomenclature that most people would use to describe it. And out of that little kitchen uh, last year, over 82,000 hot meals uh, were done. Which obviously when you add it up, that's a lot more than the 72 people that are staying in the shelter. It's people from the surrounding community. A lot of them living in the woods uh, under overpasses in their cars. And they can come there and they can get a meal each day. And so we we feed people that way. We have three pantries, um, uh, food pantries that are standalones. And so we do that. We help people to get clothing. So last year, over uh, 300,000 articles of clothing uh, were were given uh, to people that were in need. And the last thing that we do is probably the most respectful thing we do. The other things are survival, Uh, shelter, food, clothing. That's a matter of survival. But the greatest thing that we can help do on the long term is we help people to get jobs. And so last year, over 600 people got jobs through Must Ministries and it represented $11.4 million back into the economy. That is incredible. And we're so proud of that. You should be. Because incredible. you're changing a life. You're, you're, yes. giving, you're giving people the opportunity to get back on yep. their feet. And that's why the, the jobs is such a, a wonderful thing for us to be able to do. And uh, 318 of those little over 600 jobs that we got people were people staying in the shelter. So in a matter of 30 days, because that's how long you stay within the shelter, we're going to get you to a a more stable environment for housing. We're going to help you get a job. Fantastic. We're going to help you with your finances, and we're we're going to get you started on the right path. And that's what makes us unique in being an emergency walk-up shelter. Yes. Those services are called wraparound services. It's kind of like we're wrapping our arms around them. We're helping the veterans to find benefits. There's so many veterans that are struggling, and yet the benefits are available to them, but they don't know how to navigate the system. Right, right. And especially suburban poverty, so many of the people that we deal with have never been in this situation before. And they walk through the doors, and they're so embarrassed, and they go, you know, we were always giving to money. We, we were a family that brought our clothing to must, and we I did all these different that. things. Yeah, and and it crushes your heart when you see people going through. And let me tell you, it's not limited. Uh, and people might say, "Well, you know, they're probably uneducated, and they're pro-. <laughs> just the opposite." You know, uh, you know, I have a lady right now, the disabled son, who is homeless. She has two master's degrees, two. And and that's the thing that is that is. For our our listeners, and for those of you who are watching this, I really want you to understand um, my heart in this this radio show. It is never our place to look at somebody, to look at a situation, and to point blame. It's never our place to judge. It's our place to do what Jesus Christ taught us to do, what he modeled for us to do. And so in this radio show, 
over the next few months, we are really going to be talking about the tough subjects. And I always say it may not feel comfortable to you guys, but I want you to be stretched and I want you to grow. And part of that, as Pastor Ike was saying, is having a heart of compassion means looking around you to meet the needs. It's not your place to judge. It's not your place to point fingers or to blame. That does nothing to improve uh, the situation around us. So I, I love what Mess Ministries is doing. Um, I've had the opportunity to, you being my pastor, to learn a lot about these things. I want to talk to you today um, and ask some questions about um, when it comes to volunteering, when it comes to stepping up and meeting needs, let's say that there's somebody out there who wants to get involved, who wants to be uh, a compassionate person, who wants to get involved with Must Ministries, um, but maybe they can't give financially. If you can give financially, that's a blessing. That's great. But if you cannot what are other ways people can step up to use their time, their talents, and their treasure? There's your answer right there. Use their time, their talent, and their treasure. And most of all, add a, a fourth T, touch. touch. That you come out and you actually yeah. touch people. And, awesome. and you're there to, to be a physical embodiment to say to people, you're not invisible. Yeah. You're not alone. We're, you, you have people that love you and care for you. And one of the biggest things that we try to do at Must is we we try to create parity and not charity. Charity makes you feel beholden to someone, you know, that, that somebody's just giving you something. But if you create parity, you're creating that by the way that you treat those people that walk in. Yep. And you want to treat them with dignity and you want to treat them with respect. And you want to treat them as, hey, what if I were in the same position? Exactly. What if I was going through this? How would I want someone to look at me? How would I want someone to treat me? Um, I brought in one of our clients one day to a board meeting, and um, her life had turned around, and she had gotten a job, and, and this was a very well-educated woman, and she told us the story about how they had lost everything because of a health situation. She and her husband were staying in the shelter they couldn't bear to tell their daughter that they were in a homeless shelter. So they told her that they were at a camp, that this is a camp that we're a part of. And so she didn't have any clothes that would be appropriate for her to do job interviews. And so at must, we, we have a special section of clothing that helps people in the interview process. And then we do mock interviews with them Fantastic. through our workforce development, you know, team awesome. and everything. But um, this lady said, when I went into the interview that I was having for this great job, she said, all I could think in my mind was, do they know that everything I have on is bought? Do they know that everything that I'm wearing belonged to someone else? And she said, that was the hardest thing for me mentally was to project myself the way I wanted to, knowing the situation that I was in. And then she went on to tell us how she did get the job, how her life has turned around, and how miraculous um, everything became for her and her family. When those clients are kind enough to come back, because here's the deal, we never want to exploit a client. We, we, we never want to show pictures of them right. in dire situations right. and then turn around and show the after picture. Right. Because that's not creating parity. That's creating charity. Correct. But if we can get our clients to share and they feel comfortable, then we've lifted them up to standard enough to say, 
we want you to represent hope to yes. other people that may be where you are right now. So one of the newest things that we've done, Ashley, is we hired what is uh, referred to in the, the world of homelessness as a peer support specialist. That means that this person themselves were at one point homeless. And this is the person that we've hired that works strictly with people who are chronically homeless to be able to say, I was there. You can't tell me anything that you're experiencing that I haven't experienced. And let me tell you something, I've been able to overcome it. That's amazing. That's amazing. You know, for our audience, thank you for taking your time today to share. I know that you've opened a lot of eyes and a lot of hearts. Um, I just want you guys to understand, to our listeners today, that the greatest compassion was shown to us, shown to us in the person of Jesus Christ on that cross at Calvary. So as you go out of your door tomorrow, I want you to look around for opportunities to show compassion, to show kindness, and to show love to those around you. Compassion is a form of love. Pastor Ike, thank you for being here. I'm president and CEO of Mess Ministries. Thank you so much. I am learning so much from you, and it was so special to have you on as a guest. Well, your words Um, are very humbling. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you, you guys. I look forward to seeing you next episode as we talk about cultivating a strong and healthy prayer life. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ladies Who Love Christ. For more, go to ladieswholovechrist.com and join us on Facebook, Ladies Who Love Christ Ministries.